Hey there, and welcome to Hormonally Speaking. I'm your host, Christine Garvin, a functional health coach. Each week, I speak with an incredible guest expert on all things women's hormones. We're here to empower you to take back control of your body, health, and well-being, and to learn about the latest in research and solutions when it comes to getting your hormones happy. No part of this podcast should be construed as medical advice, and we always recommend working with a professional practitioner to figure out what's best for your body. Now let's dive in with today's guest. Hey there, welcome to this week's episode. So glad you're here with us as always. We have another fun interview this week, which I'm really excited to dive into um, with Dr. Ashley Dwyer, who is the founder of the Big Day Nutrition Coaching and a former pharmacist. After going through a slew of health issues due to lifestyle factors and stress, Ashley saw firsthand just how our current medical system was flawed. After three PCPs, two endocrinologists, and three functional medicine practitioners, she finally got the help she needed. Ashley decided to shift her life's work in the direction, focusing on holistic health coaching instead of handing out band-aids behind a counter. Ashley and her team specialize in holistic nutrition, macro tracking, metabolic restoration, individualized fitness plans, accountability, and community, helping women between the ages of 25 and 50 eat more and reach their health goals. You can find her at thebigdaynutrition.com. Welcome, Ashley. Hello. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited that you're here. Um, I love stories of, um, at, let's say, allopathic uh, practitioners moving into holistic functional medicine. So first, I want to know, A, how you decided to become a pharmacist, and then B, why did you decide to move away from that? So I always, I always like to point out, like we choose, I guess you choose your medical path when you're graduating high school. Cause then you have to like immediately jump into the pre-med pre-farm. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to go that track. And at 17, eight years, 18 years old, I look back at that now and I'm like, how are we allowed to decide to choose what we want to do? For I mean, really, <laughs> at that young. Um, but at the time I was like a really big math and science nerd. Like I'm the person who loved math in school, which you don't really find that a lot, but <laughs> I liked helping people too. So I was like, perfect. I'm going to be a doctor. And then you look into what it takes to be a doctor and you're like, okay, I won't actually become one until I'm 31. Right. I was going to say kind of 10 level. years down the road. Yeah. I'll be on call, whatever. Yeah. It was horrible. So at the time pharmacists were super in demand and it was like a good career. Um, you know, you're, you're paid decently, not like a doctor. You, Mm -hmm. I I thought I could have a family life with it. Mm. And so I chose to go that route because I wasn't on call per se. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I I had the flexibility of, of what I thought was the best of both worlds. Mm -hmm. And then you get into the career (laughs) and it's totally different depending (laughs) on what route you took. Of course. So, um, I chose retail pharmacy cause I was like, I like people. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> and, you stop liking people by the end. Huh? <laughs> I mean, it's horrible to say that, but like yeah. you, you end up like working with the public is, is very hard. If anyone's yeah. worked in retail, it's, it's yeah. a struggle sometimes. And I've heard it's and, been even worse, like with COVID and everything, right? So like being worse. a pharmacist. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, um, I worked for like big box chains, like Walgreens. And then if you're on the East coast or Southeast coast, I worked for Publix, which was mm-hmm. better, but it just wasn't set up for success in the way you can help people, the metrics that you had to meet. 
Um, I still loved working with people and getting an actual chance to help, but because of the way everything was set up, it was not ha- like you weren't able to. Right. Um, so, you know, you, I fell in love with like nutrition and fitness in pharmacy school and mm. I wasn't going to quit because I had already invested money into half my year. Yeah. So I was like, I'll just use it to help my patients. And then you realize you don't really get to help your patients. Right. So it was like, what am I doing? And truthfully, I would hear stories of people switching over and I'd be like, I could, you could never do that. How do people even do that? How do you do that? And then I realized you just do it. Like you literally, it's a decision. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I find it fascinating, right. That pharmacists actually do get a decent amount of nutrition training versus doctors. No, you don't. Oh, I'm (laughs) that's a lie. (laughs) So actually even, even doctors, um, I will argue, obviously in pharmacy school, we learn a lot about the the body, the pathophysiology Mm -hmm. of things, how drugs work in the body receptors, all of that stuff. We Mm -hmm. learn counseling points on diet and exercise and like the dash diet for high blood pressure Mm -hmm. and and Mm -hmm. diabetic diabetic diets per se, but you're never actually taught about the metabolism in depth. You're never actually taught about weight loss efforts. It's just like exercise, you know, Mm -hmm. three times a week and, and eat a lot of fresh whole foods. And you're like, that's great. But again, the practicality of it, when you're, when you're teaching someone, isn't where it's at. And of course, you know, when you're counseling, when we're doing these counseling moments, you're like, well, diet and exercise is first, but nobody really wants to hear that. They, they prescribe, they over prescribe. And that's what was kind of happening as I'm handing out band-aids behind the counter for prescriptions. And, and then I encountered it myself, like, like what you read, um, my own health issues. And I was that person who was getting prescribed all the things Mm And I was like, no, all I needed was some massive lifestyle transitions and it would have been fine. Yeah. Well, and what's interesting about that, I, you know, say this all the time, you know, I used to get more angry, I guess, with uh, doctors because it was like, well, they prescribe medication and do surgery. Right. And Mm -hmm. in, you know, the past few years, I've really, I tell my clients all the time when they get frustrated, you know, I'm like, well, that's actually what they were taught. And that is what they're good at for situations of acute issues, right? Like, thank God that they're there. But in reality, they don't understand. We're never taught sort of these underlying connections and, and things that need to be done because like, you know, as simple as like nutrients actually make up our tissues, our bones, our organs, all of those things, you know, and that disconnect is, is so prevalent because they were never taught that. And so that's why I'm like, don't go to a doctor for chronic issues. You know, that's, you're not going to get the answer there. So I, I, I love what you're saying. Cause obviously I'm not here to totally put down Western medicine or allopathic medicine. It hundred percent has its place, <laughs> but where the disconnect is, is you come in with symptoms, they give you treatment for those symptoms. And we never really get to the core issue, which mm-hmm. is where you see that in more holistic functional medicine. And so then you're on medication and then you're prescribed more medication for the side effects of this medication. And then you just feel awful. Nothing's really like you are surviving longer, but you're, you're so unhealthy on the inside and you're relying off of so many drugs for these certain things. And 
you know, it, it just, the, the over <laughs> antibiotics are a different thing. The over, the over prescribing of antibiotics is slowly killing our gut health, you know, oh, yeah. one Abs- prescription at a time. Absolutely. And, um, and people go in asking for antibiotics and I'm like, it's half the time. It's not even a bacterial issue, much right. less other things that you can use, you know, in the interim so that if you actually do have a situation like sepsis, where you really do need antibiotics, like great, use them in that situation, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think the problem is though, is like you said, doctors are taught more about disease states than say pharmacists are. And then they have in their training, like lists of preferred medications that are first line, second line Mm -hmm. that you prescribe. Mm -hmm. And so if a doctor hasn't done any practitioner hasn't done extra training in nutrition, functional medicine, anything like that, you don't know what you don't know. So they're just, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's almost not even their fault. It's the way system is set up. Right. Absolutely. And actually going back to what you were saying about like the sort of living longer, I'm reading this book right now, younger you from Dr. Kara Fitzgerald. And she talks in it, um, about, you know, there's some studies that show the last, I believe 16 years of our lives are in general, real bad, you know, like surviving, like basically just surviving. And the goal is really, do you really want to live longer to just survive and feel horrible? No, I'd rather, I'd rather die earlier than have to sit there and, and not be able to do anything and feel beyond a million drugs and all of that, just keeping me alive. Right. Versus there's so much that we can do, obviously to live longer, but actually feel better longer. Exactly. Too. That's, that's the third lane, right? Yeah. Is yep, exactly. Between right. the two. It's, yeah. It's, there's a third path. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because she has a graph of how it used to be, which was like, you're living, you're living, you're living. And then there's a quick downfall and you die. That was much younger. Now we're like, we're living, living, but it's a slow decline. Right. Yeah. And it's like, yes, there is that third option. Like we can do this and have that, you know, I'd much rather have a quick decline and just go right. at the end, right. but have really good, had a good life up until then. So, so what did you end up doing to sort of move from being a pharmacist to the work that you're doing now? So I, like, like we kind of mentioned, I went through a lot of doctors and situations yeah. myself that kind of opened me up to what was missing yeah. and in, in the healthcare system. And what, what kind of happened to me just to like get into a little, it's yeah. not like I had dire, I like, dire issues. I was like, tell us your story. <laughs> it's not, it's not super crazy, but the way that I felt was really nuts. And all of my lab work was just insane. So I was a, I was young. I was like 26, <clears throat> 26, 27. And I was working and feeling like absolute crap. I'm just like, there's no, mm-hmm. there's no sugarcoating yep. it. I would have coffee and then immediately still feel like narcoleptic. Like I was falling asleep Mm, almost at my pharmacy job. Like it was insane. So I finally went in for blood work and, you know, I noticed like hair shedding. I noticed a bunch of things were off and weren't going well. So I went in for blood work and literally everything from like my hormones being perimenopausal at 26, my thyroid was crazy. My insulin was insane. My glucose, I think my fasting glucose for those who don't know, like normal is anywhere between like 75 and, and 90 healthy mm-hmm. wise. Mm-hmm. I was like under 70, like it was low. Mm, you were, um, yeah. So my cortisol was super high. So every metabolic marker was just out of control, either up or down in the wrong way. Yeah. And so their answers to me at the time were not like, what does your lifestyle look like? What are you doing? It's 
let's start you on thyroid meds immediately. And, you know, we did get off of birth control, which I do agree with, um, got off of birth control. Cause I'd been on it for probably 13 years, 12, I don't know, something mm-hmm. like that at the time. And like, then it just became a guessing game of what my dose needed to be. Then I was hyperthyroid. And then I was just like, when you're feeling like crap and you're, you know, your metabolism is essentially not working because your thyroid and your yeah. adrenals are so burnt out. It feels like a day feels like a week. Like yeah. it was just like, what am I doing for answers? And then I finally started going more towards the functional route and it was like, okay, well, you're training like six or seven days a week. You're not really taking rest days. What's your sleep? Like you're not eating any carbs. Like yeah. where is your carbohydrate intake coming from? You're eating 1300 calories a day. And I was like, this is not normal. What yeah. do you, what do you mean? Yeah. So, <laughs> Yeah. So I kind of fell in love with that process and then started doing those lifestyle changes for myself. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's such a better way. And unfortunately, once you start medication for your thyroid, it's very hard to get off. Yes. And so I've, I've found a medication I like, I'm slowly still working on decreasing the dose, which is working. Um, Mm -hmm. but it might be, I might be on it forever. Um, it's still something that we deal with, but I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to prevent women from doing the same thing that I had to go through because I still have PTSD to this day of like the hair shed that comes along with that. Oh, that is the, the number one thing that women come to me with freaking out, right? Just freaking out. traumatizing. Yeah. 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 And then the stress doesn't help. You're like, don't stress about it. It'll make it worse. And you're like, you're like, that's a good story. Yeah. You're like, it's coming out in clumps. Can I ask, did they put you on Synthroid originally? Is that what you were on? They did. And I did like being a pharmacist. I was just like, levothyroxine, whatever. And then we did the T3 also, or like the levothyronine. And then I finally, like I went into my doctor and I'm like, put me on armor Armor, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, or NP, you know, Mm -hmm. the generic. Mm -hmm. And that was like the game changer. The game changer. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I ask that because so many of my clients and people listening do have thyroid issues. And I always point out to, you know, you want to get a full thyroid panel right? Uh, often doctors will just run TSH. If you're lucky, they'll do free T4, right? And we want to see what the free T3 is doing. And we want to know for sure the antibodies, which nailed it. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I, I just always, whenever there's an opportunity to bring that up on here, I do, because I try to get that in people's heads that you just, you need to really know the full spectrum of what's happening with your thyroid, because it is such an intricate part of the system, right? And if they have a resource like you, like if they're listening, you know, even if I offer it right now on this podcast, if you get your free T3 or everything tested and your doctor's like, it's normal, but you want to double check, like send me them. I'll really quickly tell you in the DMS if it's normal or not, because you could be on the low end and it'd be normal, but still symptomatic. Right. Especially that free T3. Right. I mean, it's, it's definitely the, I tell people all the time, the functional ranges look a lot different than the reference ranges that they have on there, but it is fascinating because the majority of time they'll just give you Synthroid. Right. And it, women do not for the most part tend, you know, feel better on that. And that, that need for a, the full spectrum that you get from something like armor, but definitely that conversion that, uh, T4 to T3 conversions where a lot of the issues stem for people. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, honestly, if you don't need medication, I would say that route first, because just not to like dive into specifics, but my TSH was normal. My free T3 or free T4 
was a little low and my mm-hmm. T3 was low because I wasn't eating anything. Like mm-hmm. had I bumped that up, mm-hmm. it probably would have normalized if right. I would have lowered my cortisol and, and just balanced everything out. Yeah. Yeah. But I well, we are. <laughs> and, and I know. Right. And, and this is, I think such an important point I was going to get into later, but might as well ask you now, do you feel like women eat enough in general? Yeah. So can we talk about that and why we need to be eating more? I was going to say, if, if this is a video podcast, I literally just mouthed no. Yeah, Because exactly. <laughs> I didn't say it out loud. You could be like, hell <laughs> <But> for, no. <laughs> for the audio listeners. Yeah. Um, no, women yeah. do not eat enough at all. And in fact, when I started my company, it's funny, I, I forgot to change, I guess, some of the verbiage, but we used to be the big day nutrition. And oh. then, because I only used to work with brides and grooms, because that's how I kind of got started. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. It transitioned over the yeah. years. Yeah. Now we have morphed into like team BDN coaching. Cause we used to just call each other team BDN anyway. Gotcha. And, and so now that has a different methodology to it. And now we've morphed into helping women, especially with metabolic restoration, because so mm. many clients were coming to us eating a thousand to 1200 calories. And they're like, I can't lose weight. I'm doing everything. I have PCOS. I have hypothyroid. I have this, like what is going on? What can we do? And I'm like, you need to eat. Yeah. We need to eat. Yep. Um, and of course that's terrifying to hear, but we take everyone through reverse diets and, and all of that, um, to, to help get that back in order. But no, mostly women are never eating enough because it's always like eat more and exercise less. Yeah. It, it's never taught. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the, I, I don't know if I've heard metabolic restoration before. I love that that term, because it's, it is so much that women have been culturally put through, you know, um, I mean, within their families, diets, culturally Mm -hmm. diets always told their body's not okay as it is. And so it's this constant, um, thing that majority of women are dealing with of, you know, feeling like they need to be eating less than they do. And then obviously how they eat too. right? Right. I mean, there's such a, thing for sort of that small or no breakfast and drink coffee, so right? Many people skip breakfast. Yeah. And then dinner is this like huge thing. Cause you've barely eaten all day and mm. you're just like going to town, you know, and often later than it needs to be, et cetera, et cetera, you know? And, and so it's like, we have to flip the script on that. A hundred percent. And you know what the, the metabolic restoration, it got to a point where, like I said, so many women were coming and that's what we were kind of like unintentionally specializing in. Mm-hmm. So I ended up creating this terminology called the ABCs of metabolic restoration. And mm-hmm. so clients would fit into categories, A, B, or C, depending on the severity of the situation, their adaptation and what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And obviously C is like the most severe. A was just like simple adaptation. Like your metabolism has come down from years of under eating. Mm-hmm. And the, the issue, some of the stories I've just heard, it, it makes me like, cause we don't obviously get to work with everyone. There are some, some issues or, or financial situations that mm-hmm. come up, but I had one woman who lived off of I think two protein shakes and blueberries all day. And I was like, how she had six kids. I was like, how are you, how do you have energy? Yeah. At all. Yeah. (laughs) How are you? No. Yeah. And it's, it's just this, um, it makes me so bad. Like I'm so passionate about just like, no, let me 
let me help you. I promise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I promise there's a better way. Mm-hmm. What, so what are some of the ways that you start off with when women first come to you? So before we even begin with like a plan, we have everyone do a um, three-day log, sometimes more depending on, on what's going on mm-hmm. of what they're already eating and drinking. Cause I want to see what your day looks like before we even start. Cause I can't get you to where you need to be if I don't know where you are, right? 100%. So we'll do a consult call. We'll see where they're at. We'll see where their stress levels are at, their sleep, what their current training regimen looks like, and then what their food looks like, the choices they're making, the calories they're eating. And then I'll look at the macros or we'll, my team will look at the macros. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we start them real simple with just like, not a meal plan, but kind of a recommended meal plan because mm-hmm. we, we don't really give meal plans. We can't, um, right. not right. being a nutritionist. So We'll get them more on a, let's eat some more veggies type of thing. We'll get them eating three meals and two snacks a day. If they're not really eating, we'll, we'll yeah. start slow and then we'll go into macros yeah. and get them reverse dieting if they need to. Nice. <clears throat> and can you, cause I know this is such a big thing that I get asked all the time, you know, because it's so popular right now, like intermittent fasting. Um, and particularly, you know, the sort of, I guess, most common one, which is what the 16, eight hour, um, you know, and, and women definitely like want to hop on that. Right. And in a lot of ways, some women are already doing that because they're (laughs) eating. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what do you say when, when women bring that up to you? So I know, like, I want to be very generalistic and be like, intermittent fasting has its place, right? But I'm going to instead be very opinionated. <laughs> yeah, go for it. I like it. Um, intermittent fasting was designed for like digestive health, autophagy, longevity, things of that nature. It's really only studied in males. Yep. So a lot of these diets are only studied in males, right? Yep. So when women want to pick up the same thing, it gained its popularity because it just shortened your window of eating, which means caloric deficit, right? Exactly. That's why it it works. Yeah. However, when you're already eating too little and then you shorten that window even more, A, that's going to be a big problem for your metabolism and your stress levels. Mm -hmm. And B, that fasting component is actually driving up cortisol and making everything else worse in your body. So you end up being hungrier, binging. Sometimes you'll even lose your hunger cues because of what's going on and just being Mm. in chronic dieting. Cause so when people are like, well, I'm just not hungry in the morning or I just don't get hungry anymore. I'm like, that's a, that's a bad sign. Like that's a red flag to me is when we don't have hunger cues anymore. And they're like, but that's just how I've always been. I'm like, it's not how it's supposed to be though. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And I'm so glad that you said that. And part of why, you know, bring it up. Like, I think that a, if you're in menopause, it can be more useful for you because right. you have nice no steady hormones, right? Yeah. Um, or you're sort of so far along in your process. I still don't think personally the 16, eight is good for any woman, no. <laughs> but, no. um, but you know, if you're further, further along in your health process where things are pretty stable, then you can talk about bringing it in more. But like, like you said, you know, I actually see so many women really need that five meals a day, like three big, you know, three regular meals, two snacks, that kind of thing, because the blood sugar dysregulation is so, so huge. Right. And that cortisol dysregulation is so huge. And it is really hard when you have, um, every social media thing coming at you saying, you know, intermittent fasting, intermittent fasting, like, 
and eat two meals a day. And it's just like, you're, you don't have a period. Like this is a problem. You're not eating enough to have a period. And, and maybe people don't like realize why it's so bad. So, so just like scientifically speaking, like when your cortisol is elevated, it's going to downregulate thyroid. It's going to downregulate your sex hormones. So that's why you stop getting your period. That's why if you're in childbearing years and fertility is important to you, you may lose that if you are fasting and intermittent fasting. So if I have someone who's really, really wanting to fast, or it's not for religious reasons, it's, it's just like, Mm -hmm. I want to, you know, then I'll be like, okay, let's do like, all you really need is maybe a 10 hour window, maybe at max, like a 12 hour window while you're sleeping, but but do that. And then the one thing that I tell them not to do, which is going to be the hardest, right. Is, is when you're intermittent fasting, you'll have black coffee, right. On an empty stomach because it doesn't break your fast. Having coffee while fasting, while your cortisol is already high and an empty stomach is just going to shoot your cortisol (laughs) even higher. Thank you. It's going to be so bad. I know. People are like, I feel so great when I have my first cup of coffee and don't eat for three hours. And I'm like, your poor adrenals. <laughs> you know? It will catch up to you. Absolutely. It will catch up to you. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And yeah. putting butter in it is not going to help. No, absolutely. <laughs> I know. Oh, there's so many things on that. But so um, do there end up being a lot of sort of... Um, pushback or mindset issues that come up around shifting this way of eating when these women come to you? A thousand percent. And to be honest, it's, it's really expected. I had the same pushback. I had to go through my own journey like that. And I, I, you know, I have a former, um, a history in competitive, like bodybuilding type Mm, of sports when mm -hmm. I was like 10 years ago was my first one. So it's been a while. But I was eating nothing. And so to learn now, like I have to take a diet break, like I have to Mm. eat more. What's that Mm going to do to my body? No way. Right. And so I had to go through those same mental pushbacks. And the thing that helped me get over it is even though I'm a health coach, I hired a health coach. Like I needed that accountability to just trust in someone for the process. And then it was okay. Right. Like that's why I always say hire, hire help or have someone there for guidance. Um, but for that on our team, we are, you know, two out of three of our coaches at the moment, we plan to get the third one done. Um, we're certified in health mindset certification. So we can kind of help with that a little bit. We also have a uh, licensed clinical social worker on staff that does zoom meetings twice a month for our clients to come in and ask questions and kind of like shift where, you know, that, that deeper type of guidance that we can't yep. provide because we're not certified. Yep. So, so she'll help in that aspect because we know it's not easy, but at the same time, at the same point, it may be your only option to get to the goals that you want to get to is to take a little break, let your metabolism come back up and then we can go back later. Yeah. yeah. And I, I tell clients all the time, you know, trauma is such a huge underlying issue when it comes to hormonal dysregulation, really any health issue. And obviously I can't help them in that, you know, it's like, I I can, I can do some, uh, like nervous system calming, that kind of thing, but really working with a person that is trained to work on those trauma issues. And I even think of our diet culture in a lot of ways as inducing trauma, right. And like PTSD levels, especially for women that had to, you know, whatever, when they were young, maybe their parents put them on a Mm. diet or sent them somewhere or what, you know, there's all of this stuff connected to that. So 
working with somebody that can really help get to the root of that trauma and help process that is huge. I mean, I love that you brought up trauma. We don't do a ton of work with underlying trauma, even though I so heavily believe in it too. Mm -hmm. It's kind of Mm -hmm. like the deeper process, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I even have some of it myself. So I know, I know what it is, but again, that's why we want that, that uh, mental health counselor there to help with that component because I don't want to never want to overstep. It's a very, it is absolutely. And I think that's really cool that you guys have that as part of your program, you know, that you have the social worker there. It's amazing. So let's talk about um, the movement component, because as you stated in your own story, right, you were probably over-exercising and under eating at the same time. So do you see that with a lot of women that come to you too? So For the most part, I will say there are like, I'm trying to go day by day Mm because I I take all the consult calls for a company, even though they may not work with me, I still onboard everyone pretty Mm -hmm. much because I like to hear the stories. I like to put them into the categories, right? If necessary. Mm -hmm. Um, Like yesterday's calls. No, the women were very like, I want to exercise again. I haven't had time. I need to get back into healthy habits. And then I have the very... And I I think it runs in themes. I have the very like type A professional boss women who kind of remind me of myself too. So we click instantly on the call and they're like, no, I'm not stressed, but I'm doing, I have three kids. I'm exercising six times a day, doing hit in the morning with my F45, my boot camp, or or like orange theory. And I'm watching what I eat. I eat super clean. And I'm like, whoo, let's take a deep breath. (laughs) Let's come down a minute. Because even though, sorry about that, even though you might not like feel stress, the way that we're operating is, is very stressful on our adrenals. And yes, they're trying to, when most people want to lose weight, they go to exercise first. And even though that has like the lowest ability to, to losing weight, right? Right. Like that's a different topic. Um, but getting active, I'll, I'll never steer someone away from exercise. It's always great for, for heart health and, and for longevity, but there needs to be rest days. And I used to be team, no rest days, Mm -hmm. like fasted cardio queen. Like I used to be that person and it was doing so much more harm than good Mm -hmm. because your recovery is probably crappy. You're not recovering. You're not sleeping well. You're not eating enough and you're already high stress in your real life and in life in general. So all you're doing is overtaxing yourself. So with those clients, we kind of have to like, I have to barter with them. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, all right, I'll give you this. If you give me two days a week, (laughs) like, listen, you can keep doing your hit for five days a week, which hit is another topic. And I've done podcast episodes on why not everyone should do hit and why it's not really a favorite, but I'll let you continue to do this or even CrossFit four to five days a week. If you promise to eat this much Mm. and get in eight hours of sleep per night, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Like it's almost like you have to barter for a little bit. (laughs) I love that. Uh, And just what kind of stuck out to me of what you just said too, was the foundations, right? Like so much of, of our health, like I'd say, 80 to 90% of our health comes back down to the foundations that most of us are not doing. Getting that, you know, eight plus hours of sleep a night, um, getting the en- enough food, you know, and enough quality food in your right. diet each day, um, taking rest 
you know, taking rest days and in your day, getting some kind of um, specific, you know, parasympathetic nervous system, like rest, even if it's just five friggin' minutes, you know? Um, and what, what else are my foundations that I'm forgetting right at the moment? I mean, hydration's a hydration. We talk about a lot. Yes. Yes. Like so many people are <laughs> dehydrated and they don't realize everyone, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and then, you know, drinking all that coffee and not getting enough minerals to, in their diet right, to help. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, it, and it's like when you dial those things in and digestion, you know, in my practice is a huge one. It's just like, because of the amount of antibiotics that we've had birth control, right. et cetera, like the digestion's off. And so getting even the foundations of digestion back in is so key. Right. And then you can, and obviously movement too, but movement that works for your body. Um, so I just want to point that out because I think so many people, including myself again and again, right. You hear about this new supplement that came out or you hear about this new thing, you know, way of eating. And it's like, you got to do the foundations first and foremost. Yeah. It's like, is this the new magic pill? And then you're like, there's never a magic pill. Never. There's never an easy button. Nope. Nope. And easy we have to get that mentality. Foundations. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Because if you, so if someone were to go to like a big one that people come from with us or, or some of them, um, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm, I'm going to just say them out loud. It's fine. But like, yeah. if you were to do like V shred, or if you were to do a uh, beach body program, like if you were to mm-hmm. do something that is like an all encompassing, like challenge or like yep. lose this much weight in six weeks, 12 weeks, whatever, right. um, they are not their their onboarding questions for you are going to be height, weight, like activity, how much do you want to lose, um, et cetera. And they're going to like cookie cutter, print out you a program, right? Mm-hmm. They're not going to care how everything is functioning during the, during the program or challenge. They're just going to want you to get results. And then you get those results after. And they're like, cool. That was really fun. Good luck on yeah. your way. Yep. So they don't even, <laughs> Next. They crash, they crash your metabolism and then you have no idea how to restore it or get it back. So, whereas if someone were to go to you, or me, I'm sure our intake questions are a lot more extensive. We want to know like health history. We want to know what you're already eating, what your digestion mm-hmm. already looks like, everything. And then during the program, like every week with check-ins with our clients, we ask them about their bowel movements. We yes. talk about poop every week. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I always think it's funny when a client like apologizes for telling me, and I'm like, I talk about poop every day, like Nothing literally every day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So you want to, like, I know results are the main goal for, for a lot. And, and especially if you're not comfortable with what you're, where you're at right now, or, or, you know, where you want to be, but if we don't do it in a proper way, you're going to have to do it multiple times until you do it in the proper way. Yep. Yep. It's just going to continue to be a cycle. Absolutely. And I tell, you know, uh, this come happens a lot. I think when I talk to women, whether their clients are elsewhere, like they're like, oh yeah, I did this thing, whatever it was, you know, for six weeks and it totally Insert worked. Bad diet here. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and they're like, it totally worked. But then like, I gained the weight back and, and I'm like, well, did it really work? So then it didn't work. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and, and it's tough, right? Because our psyche goes into like, Oh, it connects. Like I lost weight to that. And so they're like, if I can just do it again. And I find a lot of times women will try the same thing again and it doesn't work the same, mm-hmm. you know, in the same way. And it's like, right. Because that first time busted your metabolism. So it's actually not going to work. And it did it. 
put you on this, you know, default. And so you have to understand that, like you're saying, the, like looking at long-term health is changing these things slowly, but surely. And you, you know, you can't get there any faster than your body's ready to go and feel safe and secure in the process. I know I a hundred percent agree. And like, let's take keto, for example, like a lot of women and people in general love to do keto and you get fast results on it simply because you're literally cutting out an entire macronutrient. (laughs) (laughs) Like Like done, but so, so you do keto and so you lose the weight quickly, but then I asked them there, I'm like, can you give up carbs forever? And they'll be like, no, right. So why are we doing this? Like, what is the goal if it's not sustainable? Right. Right. And they're like, well, I want to lose a bunch of weight first and then I'll sustain it. And I'm like, okay, well, here's the problem with that logic. (laughs) Yes. It's really cool to lose 30 pounds really quickly, but now what we're going to have to do to reestablish what you just did to your body is going to take us forever. And you're probably going to gain some of that weight back because it wasn't sustainable. Right. Right. So, so either way, you're not going to stay there. You're not going to stay. Um, And that's kind of like the unlearning and relearning process that we have. You can probably agree. Most of this is mental. <laughs> it's, it's a hundred percent just mental shifts that we mm-hmm. have to become comfortable with or, or have clients become comfortable with mm-hmm. so that they can like lean into the process instead mm-hmm. of this goes against everything I've ever known in my life. Like mm-hmm. I don't trust it. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And thinking about that, like going back to the exercise thing, I'm super curious what your thoughts are on HIIT, because that is another thing right now that's so, you know, pushed out there as like the answer and the key that everybody should be doing. So I think with, you know, what becomes popular in mainstream society in general is, especially nowadays, is convenience and instant gratification. How quickly can we do something because we're busy and how efficient can that process be so we can still get results in less amount of time, right? Mm-hmm. And like you said, that's probably the worst for our parasympathetic nervous system <laughs> is to constantly be on the go and doing things like yeah. that. So so what HIT is great for is yes, burning more calories in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. However, when you are already pushed to the max, or you have a hormonal condition or blood sugar regulation issue, or, um, you know, like thyroid, like myself, Mm -hmm. hit would be the worst thing that I could do for my body because it will just throw me more into a hormonal cortisol spin because Mm -hmm. hit will essentially raise your cortisol levels. Mm -hmm. And again, when most women are doing hit, they're also not eating enough. And they're also probably working out fasted if it's early in the morning too, which will both drive up cortisol anyway. Yep. Um, so I always recommend if you like HIT because it is good for cardiovascular health, um, too, is maybe one to two days a week. And then we focus on like lower impact exercises, but most times HIT is super disguised now and sometimes recommended for more than it needs to be like HIT can be 20 minutes. And that's all I really want someone to do is 20%. Yep. But now you have like 60 minute grinding classes or 60 minute Peloton classes where you're going up and down and up. The Peloton is honestly a hit class. Mm, interesting. I, I never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're, you know, you're, you're doing the roads, you're sprinting, you're backing off, you're doing the mountains, you're coming back down. So it, it's kind of in its own way, a uh, hit exercise. Right. Right. And a lot of people don't look at it and hit Peloton became super popular during the pandemic. So 
you know, everyone owned one. I did too. And then I sold it because I was like, I don't do cardio. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, this isn't my jam. (laughs) Like I don't do hit. Like this is not going to work for me. So, um, I think it has its place, but I think it's too often recommended as like a sales tactic and a marketing tactic. And it doesn't have the person's best interest at mind. Mm. So what are your favorite forms of movement? The simplest being walking, honestly, walking is so underrated. Getting your steps in, walking in nature, super, super underrated. Yes. Walking in nature. Yes. (laughs) Because you're getting like so many benefits from that, you know, like the nature component is so huge. I have a funny story. So when I was trying to heal my thyroid and like I hired a a functional nutrition person to like help Mm -hmm. me get off of meds, I was not in the right time frame, like the right place to get off of it Mm -hmm. at that time. So it, it didn't work, but she recommended like two 20 minute walks a day in nature. And at the time I was like a full-time pharmacist. I was working 12 hour shifts. I'm like, when not like, how am I going to do this? There's no way. I was like, I have a dog. I can do that when I walk my dog. And she's like, no, without the dog, because you need to be not distracted. And I'm like, there's no way there's no way. And really she was just trying to get my cortisol down because it's the best way to just like reconnect and ground. Yes. And now I understand how important that is. And I just remember the pushback back in the day. And I was like, dang, I wish I just listened. (laughs) (laughs) But it, I mean, that goes to show, I think so many women would agree with that in that struggle to, you know, even I see it myself. Like I'll go walk in nature and I'll take, you know, I'll take a podcast to listen to. And I'm like, I need moments of literally just listening to the nature around me. You know, like that is where so much healing comes in, like Mm -hmm. on all the levels that you can't, you just can't get that from diet. You can't get it from supplements. You can't, you know, you need that your system to just decompress. Yeah. 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 So besides walking, what are some of your other besides walking? I'm a huge fan of weight training. Mm -hmm. I love strength training and lifting weights. I think it has so many benefits and, you know, increased muscle mass is great for metabolism is great for preventing osteoporosis. Like all the things when we get older, um, keeping us young, keeping us able, Mm -hmm. love, like not having as much back problems or movement issues because Mm. we have that muscle to support us. So Mm -hmm. I'm huge for, yeah. for weight training. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's been coming up on the podcast a lot recently. I just finally started doing weight training with a trainer in the past few Yay. months. Um, because I mean, I know over 40, you know, which I'm 43, it's like, I, what I'm doing right now is helping to set up my bone health for the rest of my life, you know, and yeah. exactly. And so it's just, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I tell women all the time, start younger if you you know can, but like even starting in your forties, like it's going to make such a huge difference and it's going to impact your testosterone levels when they're starting to naturally go down. You know, there's so many benefits from it. Plus like the strength, I think the mental strength that you get from it too. You do because you end up kind of, I think I started my journey with weight training, obviously wanting to look a certain yes. way. And now I'm like, I just want to lift heavy things. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm strong, so strong, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And how that can bleed into other parts of your life. Right. Where you're like, okay, right. yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so that's what I love about this sort of holistic approach. Yeah. I was going to ask you what your favorite exercise was to recommend, but I'm very happy to hear you got yeah. into weight. Yeah. Too. Yeah. I was like, those two, I think are key. Like I think being walking in nature is absolutely amazing, you know, and I, I used to be a dancer, so I still like to dance. Oh yeah. 
but you know, I, I definitely, I mean, the amount of cardio that I used to do just from dancing, you know, it's just like my yeah. body can't handle that anymore. <laughs> like, no, no. It's like, I'll do it for fun and you know, I'll do some, but like hours of, of that, it's just not good. So I have a question for you. Okay. I have a question for you. Yeah, I was like, uh oh, throwing it back on yeah. me. <laughs> so since you like just started really incorporating strength training, and I mm-hmm. know for women, the main pushback we get is like, I don't want to be bulky, right? right. I'm afraid right. to bulk yeah, up bulk or, or look manly. Yep. What do you have? Like, what is your take on that? Well, it's funny. I just talked about this actually with another guest recently on the oh. podcast, but you, uh, there's, unless you take testosterone and completely blunt out your estrogen, you're, we're never going to be able to bulk up like a man, right? Like it's just not physically possible when you have estrogen happening, your testosterone naturally is never going to go as high as a man's. Like, even if you have high testosterone, it's still never going to go as high as a man's. So I wanted this so that when I share it to my listeners, I'll yeah. be like, listen, another person says this yes. out loud with me. Yeah, I know. It's, I think it's, I mean, and I brought that up recently on, on the podcast because I do mm-hmm. see a lot of women that really freak out about that, you know? And first of all, I think it's super sexy when women have like rocking, you know, muscles and everything, but it's just, it is a different thing that your body's just not going to go in that direction. I was like, I try and get bulky and I can't. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. I was like the estrogen and the progesterone too are are keeping you from that. You know, those levels, it's just, it's not going to happen, but um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, okay. So tell us a little bit more about how it works. I know you talked about like you, um, I talk to everybody that comes to you to, you know, sort of place them. So you have multiple coaches that work with you. Yes. I have okay. two under me at the moment. The okay. goal is to, to get more, yeah. um, as we grow, but I have two coaches under me who work with me, who are awesome. Like mm-hmm. I am, I always tell people, I'm like, listen, I trust them very heavily because yeah. I, like I, I'm a little type a, right. Like yeah. I like to have control or like know what's going on. Yeah. And if I can like give them like my babies to other yep. people, like that you are in great hands yeah. and I found that they, they pick up where I leave off too. So I'm not a certified personal trainer. They are, Mm, mm -hmm. um, they're also certified in other things that I'm not like training with injuries or, or, um, some of the other nutritional components and things Mm -hmm. like that. And and we do certifications as a team too, to kind of like boost what we know, but if I do the intake process and then I, we onboard you and we take notes and we have a bunch of forms, we have you fill out. It probably gets very annoying. Um, <laughs> I know. I always apologize when I send out sorry. my health history form. I'm like, but well, we got to know everything. <laughs> sorry, yeah. yeah. So we do that. And then we will um, start everyone off with what we call like our two week primer, which is like sort of meal planning, but not right. Mm-hmm. It's just like suggested foods and eating patterns. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go into macros And then as we're in that same subset for everyone, so that's what the general program looks like. We'll do macros. We'll do your programming with exercising. If you Mm -hmm. want it, we have a lot of just nutrition only clients. We do weekly check-ins with every client. We do team weekly zoom calls. And then as we dive deeper into the client, we will focus on like their specific needs. So for example, one person may have like may need a specific gut protocol or dealing with like a ton of acid reflux. So Mm -hmm. like, we'll do something different with that client than we will 
say just someone who is reverse dieting and needs to eat more and whose digestion is great. So mm-hmm. it really just depends on the person mm-hmm. with kind of how we dive in. But most of the time we just want to help bring awareness to like the food choices you're making. So I say this a lot, but most people will say like peanut butter is a great protein source and it's not right. right? It's <laughs> a great fat, fat source. source yep. <laughs> with protein in it. And yep. so when you start tracking and logging and, and I'll fight this till the day I, I die, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't believe tracking is disordered eating because mm-hmm. I think you need to bring some awareness to foods and yes. also how much you need to eat and, and break some of those maybe emotional eating patterns and things mm-hmm. and take away good and bad foods and, and take away these umbrellas right. that you get with macros with flexible eating. And then we can move into more intuitive eating. Like that's right. the goal is to yep not track forever. Mm -hmm. Um, but maybe for a specific time we need to bring some awareness. So we get a lot of aha moments. hundred percent. We start doing all this with clients and that's when people do not understand. I mean, I don't want to say don't understand. They, all of us do not like comprehend everything that we're intaking each day until we write it down. Right. Especially like if you work in an office and people bring in food and you just have a little bit of this Mm -hmm. or what have you, you know, you're at a party. I mean, and so that awareness that comes with actual tracking is, is life-changing. So I I love it because we call it BLTs. So like bites, licks, and tastes. (laughs) I I was like, I'm going to take that. (laughs) I like that. I mean, I didn't come up with it, but uh, I heard it, loved it. Probably. I was like, I will bring it in from wherever you got it. So again, yeah, you don't notice that. And then we have a client who's like, say we have a client who's like, well, I just like nibble on things all day, or I'm doing a bunch of this. That's really annoying to track like half of this. And I'm like, then we have to choose not to do that to bring it into meals or, or more satisfying things. So we're not you know, cause if something becomes annoying to track, that probably means it's not in our best interest. Absolutely. <laughs> Your poor digestion's like, uh, I need a break. <laughs> yeah. Just every 15 minutes. Like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. So how long do you tend to work with people? So I will say we have plan ranges from three months, six months and 12 months, but our, I'm, I'm very like privileged to say that our mean, you know, uh, average time that someone works with us mm-hmm. is probably closer to like 10 to 12 months. Like we're, mm-hmm. we're passing a lot of 12 month anniversaries, nice. which is super amazing. And yeah. I love that because it's really unrealistic to reverse years of habits and, and things in 12 weeks, yes. even six months. It's very yep. difficult. Yep. We can get someone through their first reverse diet and their first maintenance period in six months, but then we'll need that additional three months to possibly do another cut. So, so you're looking, you're looking at the long haul. And if your goal is to lose 50 pounds or plus, we may need two of those cycles. Yeah. Like yep. we're not going to dive in if we're getting bad negative feedback. So, um, I love that people are just investing more time because yep. they know it's what's needed. Plus accountability rocks. I hire my own coaches because 100%. I want someone to tell me what to do. hundred <laughs> percent. Absolutely. And I mean, I, I, I'm glad you brought that up too. Cause I tell people a lot. I mean, we, it is hard because there's so much out there of one month, three months, you know, but the reality is if you've been suffering with something for years, often 10, 20, even 30 years, three months is not going to cut it. 
you know, like six months is usually not going to cut. It's really that year mark when you see a lot of the, the big changes kind of happen because you've, you've really laid that foundation. And I think you also need to take into account, like we're human, human, like life stuff is going to happen. COVID may knock you down for two weeks, vacation, travel, family, like setbacks are going to happen. So whatever you think your timeline is going to be double it anyway. And if you finish faster, awesome. Yeah. But it won't set you up for that disappointment. Right. Right. Absolutely. Oh, I love, yeah. We really try and like move people away from the scale. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Which is, which is a huge thing in of itself, like to, to get people off of that. Yeah. Well, this was such an amazing conversation. Oh my God. I was like, I I know I was like, we could, I, there's so many things I could talk about because I'm just like, yes, yes. Everything you're saying. Yes. Um, so let people know how they can get in touch with you. So the best way is honestly, um, Instagram. I'm, Mm. we're always on social media. So my Instagram is at Dr. Dwyer and then our team Instagram is at team BDN coaching. So no longer the big day nutrition at team gotcha. BDN. So you can go there or our website is still, if you type in the big day nutrition.com, you'll still get it. It'll go there. <laughs> so, Perfect. So that's, get it. that's what I like. Great. We'll put those in the notes so people can awesome. click directly. Um, yeah. and yeah, thanks for all the work that you're doing. And, and I really love, um, you know, I love actually meeting people that were, pharmacists or doctors or, or what have you in allopathic medicine that has moved over because you do have this like wide array of knowledge, right. That you're bringing in. And I think that's so important. And you understand levels and layers of what people are working with when they go to their doctors and they tell you about it too, that, you know, not everybody's going to have. Yeah. And honestly, even getting the own pushback from my own doctors, like I've had, I've gone into my gynecologist and been like, I want my hormones run. And they're like, yeah. we don't do that. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. You don't do that. <laughs> what do you mean? So- yeah. That is a tangent. I could go on forever. Like, especially when their OBGYNs are like, oh, there's no point. Cause they shift throughout the month. I'm like, there's reference ranges on there for, for your that shift. Right. Yeah. So that you, there is actual science backing up where it should be. But anyways, I could go on and on about that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Again, yeah. another, yeah. another, exactly. I was like hour. another hour, but yeah, anyways, <laughs> go ahead. No, it's, it's just all about like bridging the gap and fixing the core issues. Cause if we don't fix core issues, which could be trauma mindset, under eating hormone dysregulation, gut health, there's, there's a bunch of them, right? Yeah. Um, we're going to be stuck on band-aids and, yep. and cycles of horrible fad diets. And yep. nobody wants that. Yep. Absolutely. Ah, love that message. Well, thank you for sharing all of your infinite wisdom with us today. It was so great. This was awesome. Yeah. All right, you guys, I will see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>